moronic best friends get themselves locked inside the biodome, a science experiment along with a group of environmental scientists for one year. This is Ryan. And this is Ashley. And this is Ruining, Ruining Our, our childhood. childhood. A nostalgic weekly podcast where a married couple rewatches and reviews our favorite 90s and 2000s movies to decide if they hold up to our adult standards. That is this podcast. And yes. hi, guys. Welcome. Welcome to another amazing episode mm-hmm. of this comedy podcast. <laughs> if you're listening to it, a little piece of, I don't know. A little what, break? A little break from the world crumbling around you yeah well too bad because we're gonna talk about it yeah i just felt like we needed to at least address some things we've always been kind of quiet Mm -hmm. about our feelings on what's going on in the world and i just don't think we can continue doing that yeah completely without making it seem like we're supporting a side that we don't actually support no and you brought up a a good point this is a comedy podcast about movies but we call out movies for some of their racial biases and their biases against the lbgtq community or women in general or women you know or just people with learning disabilities stuff that somehow in the 90s flew and was allowed to be shown in cinema multiple times yeah And right now, like you said, the world's crumbling outside. We live in one of the cities that has had nightly protests. Yeah. And uh, we support the protesters. Yes. That's plain and simple. We support people's right to be angry at what's going on. Yeah. The right for black Americans to stand up for what they believe in and for white Americans, Hispanic Americans, white passing Americans, Mm -hmm. anybody to stand up for an injustice like this. And yeah, I don't, it's like, I don't want to get too deep into it because that's not what this podcast is about, but we just felt like we needed to at least address it. Mm -hmm. And like I was telling Ryan earlier, the last couple months I've come to the realization because of the pandemic that's going on that a majority of people in our country and the world do not care about anybody but themselves. Mm -hmm. And it's becoming more apparent with each passing day, with each bad thing that happens in our world. Yeah. And there's the fake outrage for sure. There's people that put stuff on social media because they're like, well, that's everybody else is doing it. So I'm going to share it too. Mm -hmm. But there's people that are trying to put in the work to learn to be better people, to be more empathetic and understanding of the differences between people and the differences between each other's, I guess, journeys, more or less. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing I want to work on. And as a white passing person, and you're a really white person. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Pasty. (laughs) Um, Like... We have an obligation to educate ourselves and be better. So that's the biggest thing that I could stress to people. We have friends that are in law enforcement. We have family that are in law enforcement. We know not all cops are bad, but we also don't buy into this bullshit that it's one bad apple. No, it's it's a lack of training, a lack of life experience. And they have racial biases when they are pulling people over. They react differently to different races. And if anybody out there thinks that's not true, I'm sorry. Mommy, you worked in law enforcement for many years. Worked in law enforcement for a long time. As As a dispatcher. As a dispatcher. For over 10 years, I did that. And like they said, there is plenty of good cops. We're not trying to remotely say there's all cops are bad, but they need to be more informed and this idea that we're all americans that's correct but we don't treat everyone the same no that's bs i don't quite know where i was going with this <laughs> i think you were just trying to say that right now we should be focusing on the people that are feeling more oppressed and that's yeah. black americans it is and it's been going on for decades this is not It's been going on. Let's be honest. It's been going on since the beginning of time. Yeah. But But, I mean, we've had race riots in our country going on 
the better part of the last 70 years. Yeah. And things, unless we have a radical change, this is going to continue. Yeah. And to me, it only get worse. I have a dear friend and one of my best friends who's in an interracial relationship and he has children and they all look black. And he said he has to educate them differently because he will never know what it's like to get pulled over and every movement you make is critiqued. Yeah. As a white guy, because that's what he is, he gets the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, he gets that's part of the privilege that so many people are trying to understand. Yeah. And then so many people are trying to deny that they have. Exactly. So this is how we feel. And we just felt like we couldn't ignore what's going on in this world. No. Without feeling complicit in the silence. Yeah. I I just I think you made an excellent point. Try to educate yourself more. Yeah. We could all do better. None of us probably view ourselves as a racist. Well, no. Or anything. But if if we are white, we do have something going for us that other people don't. Yes. And you need to realize that and try to understand why that's not right. So. Correct. And now we're going to shit on a movie. (laughs) Well, we haven't watched it yet. Or defend the movie. Um, So this week's movie, you guys, is a 1996 classic biodome it is a poly shore classic mm-hmm. and uh our poll winner for the week yes which is been going pretty well for you <laughs> it's not a competition right you made it a competition when you pointed out every week my movie wins i just have better taste in movies uh, i do think if i had picked son-in-law and there would have been a bigger fight. There would have been a bigger fight. I picked a lesser known, but it's a movie that I had more of an emotional attachment to, yeah. if you will. This one, I definitely saw the most out of all the Polly Shore films. And then Son-in-Law was definitely a close second. So we are going to definitely, down the line, do another Polly Shore week, do mm-hmm. Son-in-Law, and did we side Encino Man or... Or we could do jury duty. Jury duty, yeah. There's, we'll think about it, yeah. but definitely son-in-law. Yes, will be on there. Mm-hmm. And well, this one won by yeah. quite a good margin again. Like they always do. <laughs> and this is a, it's a movie that mm-hmm. I haven't seen in a while. But when I was younger, literally every time it was on TV, I watched it. I, I don't think I've seen it in at least twenty years. Yeah. If I had a guess, I don't know if I owned it on. VHS either, but I felt like we owned quite a few of Polly Shore's movies. We owned Son-in-Law. We mm-hmm. did own In the Army Now. So we might have owned this one. I think we owned Encino Man. I think that was the only one, but it definitely, again, whenever it was on TV, I watched it. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so give us some 1996 facts. We're going to go ahead and get in our car, take a trip down Memory Road. This movie was released on January 12th of 1996. It had a budget of $15 million and grossed $13.4 million. Therefore, it was a financial disaster. Disaster? (laughs) A financial loss or loser. You could just say disaster. Nope. Disaster. Say disaster. Popular movies from 1996 were Independence Day, Twister and Mission Impossible. Popular TV shows were ER, Seinfeld, and Suddenly Susan. The number one song the week the movie came out was One Sweet Day by Mariah Carey and Boys to Men. And a couple other popular songs were The Crossroads by Bone Thugs and Harmony. Shout out to Cleveland. And the Macarena by Los Del Rio. That was a crazy popular song. I would like to know if anybody didn't participate in that song possibly no. my father <laughs> I, can't, I don't know if i, I can see him. i can't see him i don't uh, remember him ever doing the dance or anything like that yeah my mom would blare that song it was if my dad had his movie specials his mm-hmm. vhs specials my mom had her songs of the month that she would replay until your ears bleed yeah and that was definitely one of them the ones i can think of off the top of my head were uh Smooth, yes, by Santana and Rob Thomas, and then 
Mambo number five. My mom loved Mambo number five. I'm pretty sure I said it maybe in one of our earliest episodes about how she would play that so much. And me and my brother would like lock ourselves in his room, Uh try to play a video game, sometimes just curl up and cry. Okay. He said, try to play video game. (laughs) A video game. (laughs) But yeah. It's amazing. Like... None of which I would say are a bad song, but when you live in a house that plays it incessantly, you will hate that song. Yeah. I remember my friend Brian, he hated Smooth. Yeah. He was like, you don't understand. On a Saturday morning, that song is played on repeat in my house. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that'll do it. Uh, that Blue Contrail song. Oh. Hit, hit, hit em em Up style? style? Yeah. Yeah. Another one of Mary's classics. <laughs> You you said you, you watched this movie a lot on TV. Yeah. I know I didn't see it in theaters. I yeah probably, yeah, yeah I would have been a renter. Yeah, for sure. Been. Yeah. I just, the things I remember from this movie is just Polly Shore and Stephen Baldwin just making a mess of stuff. Yeah. And it being hilarious. I actually, when I was 13, about a year after this movie came out, went to the Biodome. Oh, yeah, because it's in Tucson. Yeah. Was, I've always wanted to go there. I've never even been to Tucson. Well, we'll have to go one day. Eh. It was kidding. it was a neat facility to like take a tour of, but yeah, I don't know that they filmed the movie there. I think they probably would have just made a. We'll, we'll look that up. Yeah, probably. It'd be interesting. And forget about it by the time we watch the movie and record the second part of this podcast. It's what we do. I remember liking this movie mostly just because I thought it was cool. An idea that. You'd be locked in this almost like a little bit of a utopia if you think about it, because there's all these people are there for like a greater good, for yeah. a good study. But then you have these two morons that are like, I'm going to take advantage of it. They're not smart. No. No. But they're not supposed to be, I guess. No. Do you think this movie is going to hold up? I'm going to say it's not going to. I think there's probably going to be some offensive jokes and just over-the-topness yeah that i know i enjoyed this as a kid so i'm oh, not yeah. gonna sit here and say it's a crappy movie you know i i liked paulie shore a lot and enjoyed a lot of his movies so i there's gonna be some nostalgia for me in that sense i'm, I'm sure i'm gonna laugh at him like yeah i'm gonna say just i i can imagine it's gonna be a little on the more offensive side i agree and from what the things that i can remember is i guess the over-sexualization of women and particularly the women environmentalists Mm -hmm. who are super educated yes and not that i'm saying if you're not educated you deserve to be sexualized (laughs) but just like the fact that they're gonna still be reduced down to being like they're hot that's what i mean but i think that's gonna age it and i think just like any Polly shore's sayings or isms Mm mm-hmm are gonna be a little too over the top, like you said, and not help the movie at all. No. So I don't think it's gonna hold up. But maybe it will still be enjoyable to watch. Maybe it won't be so cringy. Who knows? I don't know. I guess we'll know in a couple hours. Yeah. Oh, and before we get to just uh, letting you know where you can watch this movie, I did want to shout out a couple people because Mm -hmm. um, we put on our social media, we asked the question... What was your favorite sick day movie? Because yeah. over the weekend, we did release a mini episode for the Runers Club, our fan club. Yes. That is free to join if you go to our website at ruiningourchildhood.com. And then click the join the fan club tab. Don't Good just job. put your email address in there. Yeah. Ryan's learning. Yeah. Um, so on our social media, we did ask what was your favorite sick day movie? Because Ryan, yours was... The Goonies. Yeah. And mine was Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. And I got a couple responses. Alicia on Instagram said, son-in-law, coincidentally, hey. uh, Devil's, Devil Wears Prada, I can't talk, oh. or Heavyweights, which, yeah, Heavyweights is an amazing movie. Yes. We did it for the podcast. Yeah. And I love Devil's, Devil Wears Prada. I can't, I keep wanting to put an S on that. that devils Wear Prada. So many Devils Wear so Prada. Many. That was a uh, an early movie that you showed me. Yeah. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I loved Emily Blunt's character in it. Yeah. She's amazing. Paul from Instagram said Spaceballs. 
Ooh. Yeah. That is a good one. Yeah. Mel Brooks. Yeah. <sighs> My favorite Mel Brooks when I was a kid was uh, Men in Tights. And Men in Tights is a good one. Placing Saddles, even though yeah. I think a lot of the jokes went over my head when I was real little. That and um, The History of the World Part 1. Mm. Or is it Part 2? I don't know. It's one of those. And they were classic. Yeah. We should definitely do one of them. Yeah. I think for the podcast. We could do Spaceballs. That... Or, or Men in Tights, because those came out in our lifetime, at least. I mean, Bill Pullman. Yeah. Spaceballs. Yeah. John Candy. Yeah. Richard Moranis. That's two. That that's two. <laughs> that's three. <laughs> Who learned you to count? I was saying that's true, <laughs> and I was count? like, also, I don't know. Anyway, Toosh. and then um, also, uh, Brooke from the Tape Store podcast on Instagram, uh, she said, "Weirdly, Jaws." Ooh, <laughs> it's just so good. That's what she wrote. God. So, uh, do you remember yeah. the Jaws ride at Universal Studios? I don't know if i wrote was it oh it was did open we ride on our honeymoon, honeymoon? Yes, yeah it we're theme park nerds yes. and we went to disney world on our honeymoon and also universal studios yeah because yeah. harry potter for sure everything else is just kind of there <laughs> for me yeah simpsons area yeah kind of cool i like the simpsons area yeah. for sure but yeah the jaws ride where it's essentially the jungle cruise mm-hmm but they, I remember when I was a kid, I was terrified of it. Oh, yeah. Because I thought that was a real shark. That's true. I wouldn't be surprised. I think I was a little afraid to get on it. Because mm. I don't like boats or water. Yeah. Until you realize that the boat is, is on a track. It's on a track and the water's probably a foot and a half deep. But the Jungle Cruise sank not that long ago. That is very true. It didn't sink. People didn't die. But No, but it. that boat did sink. Yeah. Took on a ton of water. It did. Yeah. It was scary. Very scary. I wasn't there. We were not there. I just read about it. Yeah. I don't have that pulled up to tell you where you can watch this. So I'm going to do that right now. So where you can find this movie. I don't know why I can never start this little segment like a normal person. I don't. You also forget the segment half the time. Yeah, I have to be like, hey, where can we stream this? Well, maybe that's how we should start it. It seems more natural. Mm. You should ask questions too, Ryan. Ready? Ashley, where can we stream this? Um, you can stream Biodome on a couple different platforms, including Prime, Amazon Prime. So if you have the Prime video, the Prime membership, you can watch this for free. Yay! And a streaming app called Hoopla. Sure, that's a There's thing. There's so many streaming services yeah. we've never heard of. Yeah, we're learning yeah. every day. Um, and then you can also rent it or buy it on any platforms or own it we don't own it we're not cool like that yeah we're not gonna pretend like we own it and then come back like fun fact guys <laughs> we don't own we it. don't own this um so yeah we'll go ahead and hit that pause pause come back and talk about biodome correct okay and we're back we just finished watching biodome and before we start breaking down our movie with our categories, like, like we, we always do, do. Uh, we just want to remind you guys to uh, you know, subscribe and like our podcast if possible. Also, uh, hit us up on our social medias. Yes. Over on the Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, so that way you guys can vote in our polls and we'll let you guys know the movies for next week at the end of the episode. Yes. So stay tuned for that. Yeah. And also and, join the Runers Club. Yeah, super easy. Just go to our website, go to join our fan club, yeah. type in your email address, and you're subscribed. You get two bonus odes and a membership card for free 99. Free 99. And also, if you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts or if you have Apple Podcasts on your phone, why don't you write us a review? It helps us out. Yeah. Give we appreciate little, it. Well, let us know what you think. Yeah, with your words. Yes. So, shall we get started with the first category? A little category we like to call, Well, Hello There. Well, Hello There. Where we talk about any cameos of famous or recognizable actors or actresses that we forgot were in the movie. And who did you notice? 
There are quite a few. Mm -hmm. The first person that I noticed was William Atherton. Yes. He played Dr. Noah Faulkner. That is correct. And he's very recognizable, but he was in Die Hard. He was the reporter, right? Richard Thornburg. Yes. Mm -hmm. And he was in Ghostbusters. Yes. Those would be the ones I remember him from. Who did you have? I guess the main person that I guess we should talk about is old Polly Shore. Yes. Who played Bud. And we've mentioned multiple movies that he was in. He used to be a VJ for MTV. I almost forgot about that. Yeah. And so, yeah. He's, he's something. Yes, he is. And Stephen Baldwin mm-hmm. plays Doyle. Yes. And he's been in stuff. Honestly, I think this is the main thing I know him from. He was in The Usual Suspects. The Flintstones in Viva Rock Vegas. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure he played Varney. And he was in Fred Claus as himself. And he's been in a bunch of things, but nothing that we've seen. So He has a solid collection of Celebrity Apprentice, I'm a mm. Celebrity Get Me Out of Here, yeah. Celebrity Big Brother. He, he's doing things. He's doing things. And who is your next one? Uh, my next one was Joey Lauren Adams. Yes. She plays Monique, who is Polly Shore's girlfriend. Yes. And Joey Lauren Adams was obviously in Chasing Amy and obviously. other things. <laughs> she was in Dazed and Confused. Thank you. And Veronica Mars for one episode. Yes. And what else was she in that we've seen? She's been in stuff. Yeah. But mostly, I think it was Dazed and Confused and... Chasing Amy that I remember her mm-hmm. mostly from. We kind of talked to her, talked about her on our Dogma episode. What is your next one? The next person I noticed was Patricia Hurst. Yes. Patty Hurst. Yes. Cultural figure. Mm-hmm. She, she played in, Doyle's mom. She was in Crybaby. She was in Crybaby, yeah. Also and on Veronica Mars. Also on an episode of Veronica Mars, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's Patty Hearst. I was going to say, and, and she's extremely famous for yeah. not acting. The next one that I recognized was Henry Gibson, who played Mr. Leakey. He was the, like, financer for the Biodome research experiment. Yeah. And I recognized him from The Burbs with Tom Hanks. Okay, yeah. But I did look up, and apparently he was on Rowan and Martin's Laughing, which is what he's mainly known for. He looked familiar, but then I looked at his IMBD, and I didn't really... Nothing really catched my eye, but I... Again, I did watch this movie a lot. Yeah. As a kid, so that's probably what it's from. Mm-hmm. Can we pause it real quick? And who was your next one? My next one was uh, Kylie Minogue, mm-hmm. who plays Dr. Petra Von can't nope can't cunt there you go is it cunt yep really lowbrow jokes low bro <laughs> low brow i <laughs> said low bro it's a low bro joke <laughs> it's kind of a bro movie too so yeah. it kind of works yeah she is kylie minogue yeah she's an actress she's a singer mm-hmm. she's australian yep what more can you say about her i definitely knew her more for the singing Yes. But it, as an adult, I realized that she was in this and Street Fighter. Yeah. And then more predominantly, she was in Moulin Rouge. Yeah. But yeah. But like you was said, she? she's Kylie Minogue. She plays the Green Fairy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I need to rewatch that movie. I always thought she was fascinating in the sense that she had a hit, like what, early 90s, late yeah. 80s. Mm-hmm. And then like 10 years later, she had another huge hit. Yes. And I thought it was funny that somebody can go that long without having a hit. Mm-hmm. Not that she wasn't trying, but like, you know, like a cultural phenomenon yeah. type deal. Yeah, because both of her hits, at least in the U.S., were hugely popular yes. songs. And I know she's uh, big in Britain, so I would imagine over there she probably had multiple hits <laughs> yeah, between for sure. coming out. We us. always, we, we Americans, we just always think the world revolves around us. Yep. If you uh, don't have a hit here, you're irrelevant. <laughs> uh, who is your next one? Uh, my next one was Denise Dowsey. 
She played Dr. Olivia Biggs, and what I recognized her most from was being Miss Teasley on Beverly Hills 90210, who was like their principal. Mm -hmm. But then you pointed out she had more recently been on Good Trouble and played uh, Roger Bart's secretary. Yes. So, And she was also had a stint on Charmed for a couple episodes where she played, um, I can't remember what they were called, the Lightlighters, like slash angel like the people that that were technically good oh yeah and she's in insecure right now oh okay so yeah she's still working yeah, yeah. imagine that an actress yeah. working uh, acting working and acting and making a living <laughs> uh who is oh it's my turn it is your turn uh kevin west plays uh tc romulus who is I've realized when I'm looking at the list of the characters' names, there's only two people that have doctorates, apparently. Yes. But the other people are, I guess, the best in their fields. Mm -hmm. And he is, I don't know what the term is, but he likes the bugs. Yes. He studies the bugs. Yeah. He is just one of those faces that I feel like I've seen more, but then I looked and he he hasn't been acting lately. Mm. So I don't know what's going on there. But he was in Chuck and in Gone in 60 Seconds and oh, okay. small parts, but still. Gotcha. I, but I honestly think I just recognize him from this movie specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the next one that I had was Taylor Negron. Yes. Who plays Russell, which is Monique's mom's boyfriend. Yes. Who... I don't know that they actually ever showed Monique's mom. No, it's it's kind of a weird character. I think they just wanted to get him. Yeah. To be in this movie. And the main thing I remember him from is he was in Angels in the Outfield. Oh, okay. And yeah. his whole job was like the owner put him in charge of watching Joseph Gordon-Levitt and the other kid at the games. Okay. So he would have to like go fetch him hot dogs. Was he like a sarcastic asshole? A little bit, but kind of would just get annoyed by them because they would, you know, in the middle of the game be like, I want a hat. Yeah. So, yeah. And he would have to go get it because they couldn't let him know that he they could see the angel. Right. Yeah. I haven't seen that movie since it probably came out. So I had no clue what the premise was again. Uh, (laughs) Other than Jogo was in it. That was one of my jams as a kid. I was up there with heavyweights. I, I recognized him from, he's in Fast Time at Ridgemont High, mm-hmm. and Crazy Summer, which is a John Cusack movie. Oh. Yeah. Nice. Wasn't a good one, but it was... It was a John Cusack movie, yeah. so we're fans of it. My next one was Rose McGowan. Yes. Plays Denise, who is just a friend of Monica, or Monique, sorry, not Monica. <laughs> I just saw the M-O-N, and I was like, her name is Monica. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monique who is Joey Lauren Adams' character, and what was Doyle's girlfriend's name? Jen? Jen. It's their college buddy, Mm -hmm. and she's in it very briefly, but it was the same year that Scream came out, right? Yes. So Scream came out that fall. And she's from Charmed. Mm -hmm. It's always interesting when you see someone who's pretty famous. I mean, Rose McGowan's pretty famous, and then you see them in a a role like this where it's yeah. extremely small and you're like they got rose but this was early work for her yeah yeah and she was in jawbreaker another one that we've done for the yes. podcast she was one of my favorites yeah as a kid definitely who is your next one uh my next one are the legendary duo of jack black and kyle glass as tenacious d yeah and they're just singing at the college campus and I was just kind of surprised at how young Jack Black looks, because also he didn't have a beard or mustache. No, he looked very young, but Kyle looked the same. <laughs> yes. As when, I guess, when they kind of exploded. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. Uh, Jack Black looked super young. And I remember them being in this movie, so I was excited to see it again. Because yeah. I remember right when Jack Black started getting kind of big, mm-hmm. like high. I don't know if High Fidelity was his first movie, but that was his first movie that That's where I, he blew up. Yeah, that I recognized him. Mm-hmm. And then I remember re-watching this and be like, oh my god, that's the guy from High Fidelity. Yeah. Um, I, 
Again, I'm a nerd and I get excited about those things. No, I I got excited today because yeah. I forgot he was in this. I was like, Jack, I heard his voice before yeah. he ever appears on screen. I was like, oh, that's Jack Black. Oh, there he is. <laughs> My next one was Jeremy Jordan, mm-hmm. who plays Trent, one of the douchebag guys that hit on Monique and Jen, who kind of come off like they're better than Bud and Doyle. But honestly, at the end, they're really not. Mm-hmm. They're still douchebags. They just hide it better. But he is Guy Perkins in Never Been Kissed. Okay. So he's like the hot guy from that movie. He's the hot guy in high school that Josie Grossi uh-huh. is in love with. Ah, uh, yes. I mean, she she's an adult, so she's not really in love with him, but... He, he's she like, was in love with him. No, but he's actually the popular boy when she goes back to high school. Have you ever seen this movie? I have. Okay. When she goes back to high school uh-huh. and there's the young people and she's hanging out with, he's the high school oh, boy. Oh, okay. okay. But she goes to prom with him okay. and then figures out that he's a big douchebag. Fair enough. So, and also she's a 28-year-old, I think. Report. Yeah. Wasn't she a reporter? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that movie has some questionable things, but I still love it. Most notably, Michael Vartan. Sorry. Uh, hey, why do you hate Michael I don't know. Vartan? I'm not a big fan. Not uh, a fan. Who is your next one? Uh, the last one that I had was Channon Rowe. Yes. Who plays their friend, uh, by their friend, I mean Bud and Doyle, uh, their friend Roach. Yeah. And the big thing I remember him from was one of the, our early episodes, Can't Hardly Wait. Do you mean Jack number one? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, how there's jo- the jocks that are literally listed as that, and then the girlfriends are girlfriend one, two, and three, and yeah. one of them is Jamie Presley. Yeah. They couldn't even give her They're a like, name. Let's, well, as we discussed in that episode, they don't develop those characters no, very well. they don't. Um, I did have two more. Phil Lamar. Okay. He's at the very end of the movie. He plays one of Leaky's assistants. Okay. And he's been in a bunch of stuff he does voice acting but he was from mad tv okay most notably he played from what i can remember is the delivery guy that always drank too much coffee so he's like always bouncing around did you you never really nope. watch mad tv Mm-mm. i was an snl guy i was a both oh <laughs> i was a both person okay <laughs> so i was a both both yeah um and then uh, another person was tucker smallwood Mm-hmm. He played the SWAT team commander, and he, he's been in a bunch of TV shows, like one-offs, but he was in Deep Impact, Seinfeld, Friends, and Malcolm in the Middle. Very nice. Yeah. I did want to mention one more who I did not recognize him, but I know who he is, uh-huh. and that was, he plays Professor Bloom. Okay. And it's Roger Clinton, who is President Clinton's brother. Is he the one that's like uh, was talking to Monique and Jen? I believe so. Okay, yeah. like right before Rose McGowan walks up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he has a really small part, which is it was definitely a cameo. Yeah, and it's very surprising that if your president, your brother is the president of the United States, that you would be in of all movies <laughs> this one. <laughs> Are you saying this is not a great movie, Ryan? I guess we're gonna have to stick around and hear our final thoughts. Um, do you want to move on? Yes. The next category is called Kids Would Call It a Throwback. We call it the prime of our teens, where we talk about fashion, dated references, and offensive jokes. Mm-hmm. And there were some things. Yes. Right off the bat, for mm-hmm. me, on the fashion, Stephen Baldwin, his hair, his soul patch... <laughs> He is very interesting looking. Can I tell you, I wanted to save this, but I had a crush on him from this movie. Oh, my Lord. Oh, that is a revelation. You know, child Ashley, as I will mention in a minute, girls don't have the best taste in boys at a younger age. No, no, no. You know? Wow. Stephen Baldwin. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Great. I loved... The girls' outfits, Monique and Jen, mm-hmm. because apparently girls don't wear bras. Must be nice. Yeah. 
like Monique probably never wore a bra, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were wearing crop tops. Something you literally like uh, jersey t-shirts that are crop tops that you would see on an average teenage girl yeah. today. Yeah. Yes. Because uh, that 90s fashion is back. Bring it up back. God, I wish it would go away. I don't know. I don't mind some of it. A lot of it, I mind. <laughs> Anything like super metallic-y and crop toppy, which th- they also wear in this, mm-hmm. is, yeah, a little too much. Yeah. But maybe I'm just jealous because I can't pull it off anymore. It reminds me of stuff Gwen Stefani was wearing. She was early, a fashion icon. Yes. Yes. Yeah. What else did you have? Uh, I did notice... Doyle and his girlfriend Jen both had puka shell necklaces and wore uh, another necklace that had wooden letters of the other one's name. Yeah, that's kind of cute. Which, yeah, it was kind of cute, but the the old puka shell. Oh yeah. I had a brother that wore a puka shell necklace <laughs> for a very very long time. Along with his highlighted hair. Yeah. Bleach blonde hair. Bleach blonde. Never forget. <laughs> one did the bleach blonde highlights. And then the other brother dyed his hair blonde, and he was dating a redhead, and he had a little red tip. Oh in his man! Hair. Do you have pictures of that? There might be some somewhere. Oh, mistakes were made on so many levels. Yep. Hi guys. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm. So can we just rename this podcast "Making Fun of Our Brothers"? <laughs> Ryan zings his brothers. I liked Dr. Faulkner's hair. It was feathered. And mm-hmm. then he had, he always had a scarf, even when after he goes underground or lives in the walls or wherever he's living. Yeah. And he gets all grizzled. He still has the scarf. <laughs> still. But yeah, his hair was amazing. I love a good feathered haircut. You would. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you have anything else? No, actually. That's it. What about offensive jokes or dated references well right off the bat one of the first things when they're in the biodome doyle does walk over and slap kylie minogue on the butt so that was bud. nice or sorry yeah bud and yeah. it's probably Shore who did it walks over and slaps her on the backside. and of course it's a comedy and it stars these guys so it's perfectly okay um the one thing i must uh completely forgot about but the minute i saw the scene i was like nope i remember that yep and it was cool was the first night they're in the biodome they sneak into the women's beds Mm -hmm. mimi and petra and feel them up yep a little aggressively on doyle's part more than anything on bud's part it looks like he's going to have sex with her while she's asleep. That's true. And then the women kick them out. Mm-hmm. And then it's just laughed off like, boys will be boys. And yes, this is a movie that was set in 1996, but that's a little disturbing when you think about that's the stuff that people don't condone these days because that reinforces this this stereotype type that men can get away with anything and it it reinforces the the idea that women are okay with any kind of behavior you have towards them yeah i was straight up blown away by that scene yeah it was a very iffy iffy scene yes even in 1996 yeah other than the casual you know sexual assault (laughs) they had a couple references that i noticed yeah, I caught one. They referenced Mark Spitz, which uh-huh. I thought was an interesting reference because, yeah, Mark Spitz was a good Olympian, but like 25 years prior to this. Yeah. So I was like, that's random. They mentioned Dennis Hopper at one point. Mm-hmm. And I did like uh, in the one scene where they're starving because they're making the meat healthy food and they kind of smell out or sniff out some snacks that are hidden mm-hmm. and uh bud is drinking a country time lemonade in a can which they probably still make but i haven't had one of those since 1997 <laughs> yeah yeah so it, it was pretty interesting to see it took me back because also i was thinking the same thing i don't know the last time i saw country time lemonade let alone in a can yeah yeah 
The last one that I had that was just was kind of a dated reference was when they throw the party in the biodome. Yeah. The scientists can hear the party and they come down and this guy's like, are you guys a band? And they're like, we're the biodome five. And he's like, which one is Tito? I was like, uh. Yeah, that was a good reference. Yeah. Um, I did like, and I thought it was random because I felt like a lot of the humor in this movie is fart based and yes. very low brow, I guess, in a way. But they do the reference uh, of when Russell, who is uh, uh, Monique's mom's boyfriend, mm-hmm. uh, Taylor Negron, mm-hmm. He's watching TV and they have this thing about a clown getting shot, assassinated, and they're like, back into the left, yes. back into the left, which is a reference to JFK's assassination. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, well, that's kind of funny. It's a reference humor. It's a clown getting shot and they're breaking it down like it's the president getting shot. Yeah. that That's kind of funny. Everything else, not, not that funny, <laughs> no, <laughs> unfortunately. I, I think you hit the nail on the head as far as... The fart humor. I don't know which episode, but one of the podcasting episodes had some fart humor, and I was like, I like a good fart joke. This was so lowbrow. Yeah. It was like trying to get a laugh so hard that it falls incredibly flat. We sound so pretentious. I know. I like my highbrow fart humor. <laughs> There's times where it's well done, and then sometimes where it's just like, okay. Yeah. Enough is enough, guys. Exactly. Did you have anything else in this category? No, that is it for me. Overall, again, besides the blatant sexual assault of two women, mm-hmm. not not a lot of like dated jokes. Yes. Just dumb jokes that don't date well when you're an adult. Yeah. When you're 12, hilarious. Amazing. <laughs> Want to hit us with the next category? Yeah, we're going to go ahead and order some pizza on a payphone and talk about some technology. And what did you notice? Uh, the only thing I really noticed was the high-tech, and I'm using air quotes here, the high-tech system mm-hmm. that controls Biodome is really outdated, of course. Oh, yeah. Even though back then I probably thought it looked really high-tech. Oh, you God, know? yeah. yeah. Um, other than that, because they are concealed in this environment... They don't have access to phones. They don't have access to modern conveniences. So Mm-mm. there's not a whole lot. No, there really wasn't. There was just, I made reference to the payphone. And you mentioned when Russell was watching the TV and they had the news story about the clown, the TV was very old. Yes. But that's what you should expect from something that was made in 1995. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I will say the credits, I don't know if you want to talk about the credits, mm-hmm. it was very much a 90s rock music video. It was awful. It was like a sl- uh, subliminal message film. Yeah. A lot of a lot of random... Images popping yeah. at you. Yeah. The font was all different sizes saying the people's names. Yeah. I can't remember the song. I don't remember. It was a very mid 90s. It sounded almost like a Green Day song. A little bit, but it wasn't. It definitely wasn't Green Day, but. And they went on forever. Yeah. It was like five minutes of credits for this movie that's an hour and a half long. The band that played at the party, was that a real band? I do not know. I'm going to look. That was Wax, I believe. Wax? Wax, an American punk rock band from LA. Okay. Yeah. Fair, fair enough. I'm sure there's somebody that was into the punk rock scene in the 90s going, yeah, wax. Yeah, duh. Da-doy. There were some other interesting songs. There was the Da-Da-Da song yeah. by Trio, which that did take me back. Yes. Um, Safety Dance. Safety Dance by Men With Hats, I believe. That sounds right. This, I believe, was the introduction for me to that song. And then I remember watching VH1 and seeing the music video and then getting the reference that they do have in the video where they're all dancing Mm -hmm. to the song. And then all of a sudden in one scene, there's a little person dancing with them Yeah, in like Renaissance fair type garb. Mm -hmm. And that's 
definitely in the video. So that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Does it make perfect sense for the song? Uh, well, the what you're seeing yeah. on, as far as the movie. And then I just remember I Want Candy was on there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, there was a song, Psychobility Freak Out, which I remember because it's Reverend Horton Heat. They There was the Spider-Man theme song that they just played in the background, but it was, I guess, in a reference to earlier in the movie, they are singing it, but they're saying Iron Man. Yes. Because that's the only rock song that they know. <laughs> So they're singing Spider-Man. But with Iron Man. With Iron Man in the... Yeah. And Dr. Faulkner's like, that's the Spider-Man theme song. (laughs) And I think you're thinking of... Iron Man by Black Sabbath. Yes. Yeah. Ugh, they're so dumb. And it's another song that... Or joke that falls flat. I... Yeah. Yeah. Should we move on? Yes, we shall. The next category is called, Is It Even Good? Or Let's Get Digging, where we talk about the plot holes and the plot. But which one has more to talk about? (laughs) And her funniest and cringiest moments of the movie. What did you think about the plot, Ryan? Uh, As far as the experiment, believable. Everything else to do in this movie is not believable. To me. You're saying that if two dummies get locked in a biodome, they wouldn't immediately go, let's pause the experiment. Yes. Take them out, restart, because it's only been like five minutes. That is my biggest issue. Yeah. They decide, because they have the clock up and you can see it, within 13 minutes, they decide, we're going to keep them in here and make them part of the experiment. Yeah. Kick them out. <laughs> but then there wouldn't be a movie, Ryan. <sighs> and that's the whole point. There would be a movie. It would be a documentary about a successful experiment. (laughs) But then we would only get 13 minutes of Polly Shore. I agree. Yeah. But it's a classic fish out of water story. (laughs) Classic. Two dummies are dumb. Uh, And they ruin people's life's work. Yes. Literally. Yeah. What about the plot holes? I talked about how I think they would throw these two morons out within right. two seconds. I also found it odd that there's no emergency exit. Like they claim they are officially locked in. That's dangerous. Yes. I guess the emergency exit was the one in the desert that you only had access to by a electronic stairway. Yes. I don't know. It was, I don't know. It's, just it's a bizarre. movie, Ryan. It's a movie. Not a good one. My first plot hole was, how did Bud and Doyle land two hotties like like Monique and Jen, who, by all accounts, are very smart women. And they're good people. They're environmentally conscious. Yeah. And they're beautiful. Yeah. And they're slumming it with those dummies. It is a, a wonder. And again, I kind of mentioned it. Younger women have horrible taste in men. Yeah. That's the only way I can even Says remotely. the person who liked Stephen Baldwin. <laughs> I don't know why. He was, <laughs> you know, you watch a movie and you just think those people probably smell. <laughs> and it's the character, not the actor. The character. <laughs> and he, I got that he from looks them. like he might not bathe. Yeah. yeah. Those people you look at, he probably doesn't smell good. We're so mean. But again, it's about the act, not the actor, Mm -hmm. the character Doyle. Yeah. (sighs) They're trashy. Um, (laughs) What was your next one? The whole manner in which they sneak into the biodome. They stop there because they think it's a mall. Yes. And he needs to use the bathroom. There's a security guard's like, no, you're not coming inside. He tries to pee in a fountain and throws a firecracker and then they get inside and then he just was like, I should probably pee in this waterfall. Yeah. Again. Interesting. Very, very, yeah, we'll call it that. Interesting. And then my other plot hole again was how women can find these two attractive at all Mm -hmm. was when Petra and Mimi finally are like, you 
are going to seduce them. It's been like a year. At that point, and they had turned it around a little bit, I mm-hmm. will say they, after they destroyed everything a month into the experiment, they decide, basically their girlfriends dump them and they're like, oh, fuck, yeah. we fucked up, so let's fix everything we destroyed. And then Petra and me were like, these guys are hot. And I'm yeah. like, they're still no idiots. Y- you two are still way out of their league. But I contribute that to maybe not having sex for a year so their standards that's, are lower that's why that's what i said i go yeah. i think it was a they had been in there almost a year and they went all right we'll take a shot yeah also you mentioned earlier when they climb into bed with these women and assault them wouldn't at that point get them thrown out today 100 percent. yeah 1996 boys will be boys <laughs> yeah touche yeah touche did you have anything else? No, that was it. Okay. Surprisingly, not a lot of plot holes in a movie that's... Incredibly far-fetched? Yes. I'm putting it nicely. Yeah. What was your funniest liner moment? It was hard to find one. Uh, I did like when Russell shows up. They had escaped from the biodome, and Russell shows up as a pizza delivery guy and drops off a couple pizzas for them. And they're like, how did you get a job? And he's like... <sighs> fucking president clinton (laughs) and stephen baldwin's like you had sex with president clinton and it was a yeah it was hard to find funny moments in this movie i agree Mm -hmm. i guess my funniest moment was actually something else that russell did which i decided taylor negron may be too good to be in this movie yeah so after the party after the girls break up with them for destroying the biodome Mm -hmm. they're trying to stop the four other scientists um sans dr faulkner who disappeared at this point Mm -hmm. to help them save it yes doyle puts on this passionate speech about how they should save it Mm -hmm. and then he's like i'm gonna swallow this key that unlocks the window Mm -hmm. and it's like this dramatic music and then all of a sudden russell's like oh i i need to get out of here like he's there the whole time (laughs) and they didn't realize it so that part was pretty funny Mm -hmm. but yeah there wasn't i mean there was a couple parts that i kind of chuckled at or remembered thinking it was funny when i was a kid for me kind of mainly that scene where they do the safety dance always that i remember from being younger and yeah i chuckled at it but yeah a little difficult to find other moments that were funny i found and i don't know if this is because i'm older and wiser Mm -hmm. but i found both characters to be very draining yes to be very extra and i was not rooting for them at all no Mm -mm. (laughs) they're not likable characters no yeah what was your cringiest liner moment i was gonna go with them creepily climbing into doctor's beds and possibly raping them uh but even before that bud is eating his toenails and doyle is eating bud's toenails as well that was mine that was uh, it was literally the cringiest thing i'd ever seen yeah and again, goes with the, how did these guys land Monique and Jen? Yes. And then somehow get Mimi and Petra to find them attractive. Four beautiful women found these two attractive. I, I yeah, I don't know, man. It's, I don't know. Yeah. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about? Uh, There was a weird scene where Faulkner tells Bud and Doyle that they shouldn't do anything that they wouldn't or that they would do at home. Right. Because they're in there kind of causing some commotion. And I think it's the first day. Right. And the weird scene that they cut to is them at home lathering a dog with shaving cream. Yeah. There's a lot of cutaways to their, like, I guess, past. Yeah. And I don't. Honestly, I had never remembered them. (laughs) There's no payoff with their cutaways. On Family Guy, when, you know, Peter will say something and they do a cutaway to what he's mentioning, it's always hilarious. Yes. That is not the case on this. No. It's, they all fall flat. Just because he cut away doesn't mean it's going to land the joke. No. Yeah. It's not comedy gold, folks. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. There was also a scene where... I've really built up a case for the fact that these two idiots are not actually idiots. They just decided that if they act like idiots, 
then nobody will make them do anything they don't want to do and that they can get away with some horrendous things because they're like, well, they have low IQs and they're dummies. And in the one scene towards the beginning, they walk up and Olivia, who is played by uh, Denise Dowsey. Yeah. She is towards the front by the interest and and she's doing something with the plants Mm because I think she's the plant person. Everybody has their niche. Yeah. And Bud turns to Dolan and he's like, watch this. And it was him saying, watch this, that made me realize. Then they start doing this thing where they're like, why can't we leave? And she's like, we already explained this to you. It's locked for a year. And they're like, but what you're saying is, and they just keep doing it to drive her insane. And I'm like, you guys are doing this for your own pleasure. You guys are psychopaths. And I used to like that scene when I was a kid because I just thought they were haha they're making fun of these people yeah but i'm just like you guys are psychopaths you guys are playing dumb just to do whatever the fuck you want yeah and they get away with so much they destroy ecosystems they destroy all the insect life they eat all the junk food yeah they no they're awful yeah they're the worst and again you pointed out we're supposed to root for them they're our heroes yes yeah that is is very true to the point where at the end of the movie because they finally decide that they're gonna fix their fuck-ups the one guy tc or yeah tc mm-hmm. kevin west character he actually says you guys are my hero because they fucking let you finally do your work you needed to do yeah yeah <laughs> god and they get the girls at the end. Almost all of them. I mean, technically, yes, but they did deny Kylie Minogue's character. Yeah. Because they had girlfriends. Yes. So, if you guys can't tell, we really love this movie. It was great. Um, Did you have anything else that you uh, wanted to talk about? Just terrible body doubles when Bud and Faulkner get launched into the uh, bug paper. Yeah. Sticky paper. Mm-hmm. And boy, when the people that they actually launch up there, they look nothing like Polly Shore or Faulkner. Yeah. It's no. bad. They're really, really bad. Yeah. I think that's pretty much all I had on them because, or had on this movie mm-hmm. that we, that, that was it. That's all I had. Okay. <laughs> Are you ready to hand out some awards? Sure. Let's do it. As always on Ruining Our Childhood, it is award season. We give out two awards every week, the first of which is the valedictorian to the Nicolas Cage Online School of Bad Acting. Who did you give it to? I went a little back and forth, but I gave it to Stephen Baldwin. Same. plays Doyle. Mm-hmm. Just because I felt like at least some things that Bud said were kind of meant to be funny he's he's a little more quippy and Mm -hmm. quick-witted compared to doyle doyle is just dumb and i also felt like as far as comparing the two buds cheesiness and over the top and yet draining that is Polly shore or at least what i know of him is he's like that yeah so everything stephen baldwin was doing is trying to match him or one-up that, and it is very apparent that it's all over-the-top, really bad acting to me. Yeah, it's it's definitely... Say what you want about Polly Shore, but he does have some comedic timing mm-hmm. to him. Yes. There is a reason he was quite popular for a string of movies. Yes. But yeah, Stephen Baldwin couldn't compare in the, the comedic sense. No. And he just, uh, and I'm, I, I was just watching this movie. I was like, why did I find him attractive? His character attractive. Why did I think he was cute? Because probably a lot why? of those jokes hit with you, you know? Maybe. As an adult, they really don't. There are a lot I guess of he's not a bad looking guy, but his hair and just, his hair was kind of popular back then, I will say. The like old... that kind of dready. Ugh. And the soul patch. Yeah. Yep. Eesh. As... Bud and him agreed masturbation is the only thing he's good at because he's not good at this movie. Yeah, no. Do you want to move on? Yes. The next award is the Thomas J. Hanks Award for Exceptional Acting. Who did you give yours to? I gave it to Taylor Negron as Russell. He's only in maybe three or four scenes, but he was the only redeeming quality in those scenes. Yes. Uh, so I really enjoyed his character. Kind of wish there would have been some more Russell in the movie. Because like you even mentioned, just 
him getting up and walking out of the biodome was funny. Yeah. Yeah. So that was it. He was uh, the only redeeming thing in this movie for me. Um, I actually gave it to Joey, Lauren Adams. Okay. Because first of all, I don't remember the girls having a as big a part as they did. They're actually in quite a few scenes. Very true. Um, and the story kind of follows them on the outside, dealing with deciding if they want to stay in a relationship with these guys and, you know, meeting some other guys who they think might be better because they seemed more concerned with the environment, mm-hmm. which they're really passionate about. And turns out they're just douchebags as well. Yeah. At least Bud and Doyle are open about it. <laughs> but I just thought she was like the least annoying character that was slightly more developed in a way. Yeah. And I guess the only bad thing about her was that she decided to give Bud a second chance. I would imagine she probably lasts a week. Yeah. She's before like, he no, fucks it up again. Yeah, he's a moron. Why am I in this relationship? Like, I think my favorite scene was when she broke up with him after the party. Because mm-hmm. she's just like, you guys just had through this party, ruined this experiment that's yeah. really important. Because they were very, like you said, environmentally conscious. Yeah. They were, you know, it's Earth Day. We need to go out and pick up litter and stuff. And they're doing everything in their power to get out of that. Yeah. And yeah, so she gets furious with them destroying the biosphere. Yeah. Or biodome. Same difference. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so yeah, should we answer the question, does this movie hold up? <laughs> I can't even. On last week's episode, I made a statement that I felt out of any of the episodes, a league of their own held up better than any of them. And I can now say, out of any of our episodes, Biodome holds up the least out of any of these movies. It's a fair assessment. I was thinking after we watched this movie that if I never watch this movie again, it will be okay. I watched it. It was nostalgic because I had seen it so many times. Mm -hmm. But I didn't find a redeeming quality in this movie. I didn't laugh one time. No. It wasn't even like... There's times where we've watched a movie... That we've seen a lot. And the joke may not be funny, but I remember how funny it was in my head. So mm-hmm. I laugh kind of almost nostalgically. Yes. I didn't have that at all, guys. No. It's just not a good movie. It's, it's terribly not. written. And I couldn't even find good trivia. You know what most of the trivia was? How people who took the parts in this movie, their family members warned them that they should not be in this movie. Wow. Including Kylie Minogue. Wow. And Alec Baldwin told Stephen Baldwin, you probably shouldn't do this movie. It's going to ruin your career, which I don't know if it actually did because he still acts. But he he but he's not Alec. That's for sure. Oh, no. Yeah. Who is Alec Baldwin? He plays President Trump on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> I mean, like out of <laughs> I, all the brothers. No. Um, but it's just it I, for me. There's so many movies that we watch that kind of reinforce that here are uh, men Mm-hmm. behaving like children and it's cool because everybody loves them because they're funny and it's cool because they fix their the problem that they created i feel like you can get away with the men acting like kids when it's not the main character yes like if you go watch american pie sean william scott is very juvenile in that role as steve stifler but he's a supporting character and they pointed out a lot that yeah. he's an idiot. In this movie, it is your leads. Both of them are incredibly juvenile acting. And it, it's over. It's exhausting watching yeah, them. It is. And I will say, like, in the beginning of the movie, everybody, like, the the whole team, the Biodome 5, they get sick of it pretty quickly. Yeah. Because they're ruining experiments. They're ruining the atmosphere in there. And... It wasn't until they're like, you know, we should probably help them fix this. All of a sudden, everything's forgiven and they're just like, cool, bro. Yeah, it is not a good movie on any level. No. A couple of the soundtrack songs were okay. Yeah. That, that's your redeeming quality for this movie. It really is. Yeah. So, yeah, that was uh, probably the worst one we've seen in a while. Yes. For For sure. I'm sorry, guys. If anybody loves this movie with a passion, I'm sorry. If you do love it with a passion, I challenge you to go watch it and let us know what you think. And does it hold up in your opinion? Yeah. Because for us, specifically you, you had a lot of 
nostalgic memories from this movie and then you watched it and you went it's terrible the things that i liked about this movie when i was a kid were the things that i found exhausting in this movie Mm -hmm. and then i must have forgot about this casual sexual assault just disregard for their girlfriends and all that stuff all that and then on top of it none of the humor in this comedy resonates no it's all very bad yeah so bad so yeah there's another one in the books yeah we hated it. We did not like it. Can't wait to do another Polly Shore. <laughs> uh, we're going to have to push that one back a few more weeks because, yeah. Cleanse our palates. Exactly. So we appreciate you guys listening. And as we mentioned earlier, please follow us over on our social media accounts on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Because we're going to put up another poll this week. What are the movies? Let me load it. Okay. This week... We're doing a poll brought to you by animals. Yay! And it's going to be specifically dogs. Yes. Uh, number one choice, Homeward Bound. Mm-hmm. Number two choice, Beethoven. Yes. So, and I think we kind of collaborated on this, so there's yeah. not one that... I can't lose for once, guys. I loved both these movies. Mm-hmm. I think I might have mentioned... I'm I'm kind of a weirdo, and I feel like I liked some sequels better than I liked the original. Beethoven 2 was definitely a sequel that I remember watching more than the first Beethoven. Beethoven 2 had the puppies. They Exactly. That's, and they had the puppies. Yeah. It had Chris Penn, Debbie Mazar. Wow. Yeah. I remember Beethoven more than Homeward Bound, and I definitely do not remember Beethoven 2 other than the puppies, because <laughs> you just hit me with Chris Penn's in it and Debbie Mazar, and I went, don't remember either one of them. They were the villains. I don't remember either one of them. <laughs> Homeward Bound, yeah. Mm-hmm. I watched the second one a lot, but the first one's way better, I think, in my opinion, from what I can remember. I haven't watched it in a good, I don't know, <laughs> how old am I? I'm doing math. <laughs> good 20 something years yeah probably and fun fact we were gonna do homeward bound what in january yes and because stupid disney plus yep had it on their app and then we went to go watch it mm-hmm. and literally said it will be available in may because look guys it's may now yeah so we're gonna we're gonna maybe do it. maybe watch it if it wins or beethoven or beethoven vote for beethoven because that's the one i liked more Oh, well, I guess Ryan, I was trying to make it like, you know, whatever one wins. But yeah, now vote for Homeward Bound. Okay, fine. Which one made me cry more? Homeward Bound. That's yes, that's fair. (laughs) Anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to check out our poll on Wednesday on Facebook and Twitter and on Friday on Instagram on our stories. Mm -hmm. And also join the Ruiners Club. For sure. Why are you waiting so long? Also, if you like the podcast, tell a friend. Tell a friend. If you hated it, tell an enemy. Tell an enemy. Just tell them you liked it. Yeah, lie about it. These people are so hilarious. They're the best. They're the best. And then they're like, why do you even like this? And you're like, ha ha. I just wasted an hour of your life. Zing. Gotcha. Anyway, should we call it a day? We shall. All right. See you guys. Bye. Bye. I almost said I love you. Oh. Get serious, guys. I love you. Bye. (laughs) Bye.